This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Um, I am glad that our guest showed up yesterday. Um, Karen Turk was an excellent yeah. guest, huh? She was. I, I was agreeing to her opinion. Yes. She was an excellent guest. Uh, she was very um, capable of reading the room, uh, which I had mentioned earlier. Uh, that she, her experience as a public speaker, her experience as a TV host, uh, showed through, and she was a consummate professional. Um, I laughed and joked about, you know, she didn't have three heads. I expected her to, you know, say crazy things, and she did not. She, you know, kept within herself. There were some. There wasn't a, an area where I thought we could have gotten off into something bizarre but um before but for um for the most part it was a, an excellent conversation i learned some things uh, there was something about the conversation that was uh, helpful to me that i i now look at a little differently and over the course of a little while i'll i guess i'll roll that out um but but i was really happy to have her here and, and um and i'm gonna let you guys say whatever it was that you said uh, so I'm not going to try to encapsulate yours, but I, I but I, she was really good, and I was impressed. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just go back and kind of re, uh, reiterate what I was trying to say was when I read about her and I looked up looked up her uh, media and uh, some things I noticed. I never really felt that since she took the invitation to come on the show that she would be about bringing any kind of negative energy. I mean, she was. Uh, cheerful, smiling, and once she got very intelligent, had a lot to say, but she wasn't about anything negative. She was just speaking from her point of view, and like I said, I, I found some common ground that we have. So I, I really benefited from the conversation because I felt like now I can look at future conversations in a little bit different light and how to approach people from the other side. You know, it's not about the battle or the war, it's about where can we meet and what can we agree upon? Well, I said that you could tell she's a firebrand and would be, but when she came here, it wasn't that type of show. It wasn't to put her on defense, but we asked her questions and we let her respond. Nobody was cutting her off because we differed in the pan. Nobody was calling her names and calling each other names. That's not what we do at this show. Now, if we disagree with you, we'll say that. You disagree with us, you're welcome to say that too. But it was more or less like a group of people sitting around having a cup of coffee, talking about issues. And like I said, there was a lot of political things I don't agree with her on, but we were able to actually discuss. Okay. So um, one of the things that we did just talk about was um, oh, socialism. 
But I guess we I don't feel like going back over that. Well, it, it'll come mm-hmm. out. It, it'll come out some other time. Um, I so let, since we don't know how long we're going to have Warren. Um, yesterday, you mentioned about the officer that got killed at the Capitol building. Did you read yeah. that story? I didn't get, get a chance to read the whole story. Um, I got a little inf- information on the shooter, and uh, there wasn't a lot of, of um, discovery as far as what his motivations were. There were indications that he may have had some uh, mental illness or some sort of stresses going on that pushed him over the line, but I, I, no real details. Okay. Um, so you I, I didn't read the story. Uh, I was thinking maybe that you could update us on it. Um, so one of the things that, and and I don't want to, I don't want to. So there were topics that we talked about yesterday with Karen, and I don't want to kind of go behind her and make comments where she's not here to defend herself. So I'm going to be selective about how I talk about certain topics. So. Um, one of the topics that was important to me was Matt Gates, and mm-hmm. I read a story today, and um, so Matt Gates, uh, some of the charges against him are are pretty s- severe to hear. Um, you think that someone who is, uh, you know, m- making the amount of noise that he makes in a normal day. Uh, attacking people the way he attacks people because and, and it's not just he doesn't just make comments he makes attacks you think that that a person like that would at least watch their back you know would be conscious of I can't go out and do um, normal things I have to be you know I have to at least have my P's and Q's and my T's crossed and my I's dotted if I'm going to attack other people for their behavior and um, I, I just don't know, you know, the hubris of this guy, uh, if, if these charges are true and, and there's a lot of. Um, so in the articles that I've read, there, it, there's enough presented that makes you comfortable that there's something there. There's enough smoke that you feel like something's there. And this this is one of the things that I uh, ran across. Uh, the investigation to Gates has been uh, extent, extant since at least summer of 2020. So this has been going on since for for almost a year, and it reportedly reached the highest levels of the Justice Department. Uh, investigators have interviewed several witnesses and have been scrutinizing travel and financial records. Greenberg, which was the other guy that was uh, a part of this investigation, he was elected as the tax collector in Seminole County near Orlando when he resigned last June after his arrest on charges including stalking a political opponent, trafficking a minor for sex, and illegally using a state database to create fake driver's licenses and other ID cards. Since then, the case has ballooned to more than 30 charges, including wire fraud and charges involving efforts to divert at least four hundred thousand dollars from the tax collector's office into cryptocurrency for his own use for greenberg's own use other charges accuse him of attempting to fraudulently obtain coronavirus relief funds 
The Justice Department has a separate investigation into the extortion allegations, and the AP, uh, the AP reported this. Getz has said his family has been cooperating with the FBI. So, so one of the things that Trump got beat up on was the proximity he had to people who were criminals. So now you have Gates who is rubbing elbows with this guy. And I I don't know if he did or did not know what this guy was in trouble for, but you would think if he, if he knew something, he would at least distance himself. Wouldn't you? Well, with uh, Gates and Goldberg, they were friends. And the people that Goldberg was used in his office and illegally accessing state databases, a lot of the girls that Matt Gates gave money to and did drugs with were people this Goldberg guy got off a, a state database. They played a recording of a phone call where this guy was talking to a girl and Gates was on there too saying stuff. Uh, they they found receipts of Matt Gates making payments to some girls and escort service or whatever to, to some girls and paying travel bills and all this stuff. So once they find documentation on you that you're buying this stuff and they can elect the and they can trace the funds to you. I mean, you got one foot in you got one foot in the water, uh, and he's making all these claims about well, he's he's saying that his daddy wore wire with the FBI, and a lot of the legal minds. I listened to a few legal people being interviewed. They saying if that's the case, Gates should want that to go on without getting on Fox News and all that and running his mouth about it unless he's trying to blow up the investigation. Well, you're trying to blow up the investigation because you know you're guilty, so you don't want it to go forth. Well, You don't want it to go forth. Well, so I expect, I expect Gates is going to put up some kind of defense. Um... If his defense, so he's denied all of the charges. He says, you know, he's denied all of the charges. I don't know, uh, nothing that I read said that he had opened up his books to the, the FBI or opened up to his books to the investigative uh, agency so that they could, you know, if you, if you know that you're not, that you don't have any risk of you uh, trafficking sex, um, and I'm not saying you're going to, because your lawyer is definitely going to tell you, no, don't open up your books. Don't, you know, let nobody investigate you. Um, it's just that uh, many of the people around him have started to, to get away from him. So they obviously see exposure there and they don't want to be brought down. And so my thought is if, if, when so this Greenberg guy was arrested a year ago, so he's still hanging out with this guy. So at some point, you think if this, you know, I, I know that his that is his friend, 
but you're going to make some kind of statement. Hey, I, you know, my friend, um, I, I don't know what he did, um, but I'm not a part of that. I, I support him as his friend, but I don't support these charges. Did, did you hear him do that at, at any point? No, he hasn't. But now that you mentioned that point, I can say a few things. Number one is telling that no other Republicans that came to Matt Gates to, to back him up. Republicans were staying away from him. Number two, it is believed in, in uh, one of the shows I was watching that the feds are trying to turn Goldberg against Matt Gates, And then you'll have this uh, Roger Stone, Donald Trump feel. Roger Stone was convicted. He's one of these rich, old, older white gentlemen that was convicted of his crimes, but Donald Trump gave him a pardon. And he threatened in voice, in front of press, I know where all the bodies are buried at. So if I go down, everybody going down with me. And so Matt Gates come out against this guy too hard. This guy can just say, hey, I'm going down anyway. I could take somebody with me. I could take a U.S. congressman. But that, that, that in and of itself, that he does not feel comfortable distancing himself from somebody who's got that 30-something, 30, 30 federal charges against him, um, in and of itself is possibly telling that he feels like, you know, that that guy could, could bring me down. I, I'm, you know, I, there are things in our lives that, you know, um, you, you take a pen from work, uh, your company considers it stealing, and they want to press charges. Um, you know, you might not see the significance of a pen you know, you, you're required to do certain work. You're going to take the work home. You just take the freaking pen with you. You know, you don't stop and think, I better leave this pen because my country, my, my company is litigious. It will uh, accuse me of stealing a pen. So, so there are things that go on in your life that um, put you at risk of some charges that you don't necessarily see. But, but, to the extent of 30 federal charges that that's a little that's a lot more than a pen and then um, he's not distancing himself from that except to say we are cooperating well you could be cooperating because you want the charges reduced because you know that um, you've done something wrong and you're going to cooperate so that when it comes your turn, you know, you get a break. You can always say, hey, we cooperated. You know, give me some little leniency on, on, on beating up on me. So I, I so this Gates thing's really suspicious to me. Um, I know we haven't seen any formal indictments yet, but it, it takes a year for them to build a case against him, too. Justice moves slow, too. Yeah. I mean, it moves slow depending on who you are. And I look at Gates, to me, he's another conservative hypocrite. 
I mean, he was the one that put out all this stuff about Hunter Biden and using his mouth to go after Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden admitted in a mainstream media interview, he was interviewing somebody on CBS. He said, yeah, I did, I did some drugs. I had drinking problem. I went to rehab. I got that address. He said that computer thing, it might have happened. I, I, I've had old computers before, and it might have gotten stolen or whatever. I can't say it's a lie. I won't say it's a lie. And, you know, Matt Gates, uh, you know, what had to come out on the floor of the house is before he, you know, when he be, was a young house member, he got stopped by the police in Florida for driving while intoxicated. They didn't do, you know, his father's rich, so he got buried. But, you know, they're, they're saying quit being a hypocrite and getting on other people's bad behavior when your behavior is just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, well, before I, before I go, I want to say this. Um, the whole subject about crime and corruption in this country, when you look at the groups or the people that get away with the most and do the most damage uh, outside of politicians who else can we look at in government time after time after time they get caught up in scandals they get caught with the hands in the cookie jar or whatever and how often do they really go to jail I mean they just pretty much have a get out of jail free card and that's the problem with the system the politicians have too much power and influence and they get away with murder I don't know what you all think about the uh, governor of New York, but uh, his own party people were asking him to resign, but he's staying in there, and uh, who knows? Will anything happen? Is he guilty or not? We don't know, but, I mean, the average guy would be probably in jail by now, you know, with those allegations. So it's just they have too much power. Well, you're right. Number one, None of those girls went to the police and filed a criminal complaint. And his party, who's in charge of the legislature there, they were talking about New York, that New York law. All they had to do was say, hey, we're, we're, we're convening an, investig an impeachment investigation. At that point, he gets taken out of office, and the lieutenant governor takes over for the time that they do this investigation. So if they truly wanted to remove him, they would. And then he's looking at the president who just sat up here and talked about women who accused him of, of sexual misconduct. And he said the president didn't have to give up his job. Why should he? I'm just guessing. That's the way it looks like to me. But if they really wanted to get rid of him and investigate these charges, New York law has the means to do it. And I say you get rid of the, you know, you get that governor out, do your investigation, and find out whether or not he did it. So for me, the, the, the allegations d don't necessarily warrant a resignation. I know that we are accustomed to that happening. Um, but there have been false allegations before. Uh, 
I so there was the first allegation against him and then the second allegation against him. The third allegation then be, to me becomes a really big problem. So the first one, I, I say, I, I, I wasn't concerned about him resigning. I just, so there's an allegation, let's have the investigation and let's either, you know, prove that allegation uh, true or not. And then he has to be removed from office uh, if, that, if he's committed a crime. Um, I am, because we have so many high-profile um, people with a long string of allegations, you know, multiple allegations, um, I, I don't know if, so the question then becomes, do we just um, take people out of office based on allegations? No, I think we treat everybody the same. Uh, how, mu how much would it take allegation-wise for you to go to jail or for me to go to jail? Where's R. Kelly? Where's Bill Cosby? It seems like certain people get a pass and other people get the book slammed at them and they end up in jail, but these politicians seem to get away with an awful lot. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I, I agree that, that our society has been in the past set up for the rich and famous or the, the politically connected. Um, but have you ever had like a friend, you know, get you off of a ticket or, um, get you an extra chicken wing at, at, at a restaurant? I mean, you know, on our level, we get some breaks too. We do. We don't get the same kind of breaks because we don't have the same kind of friends. I don't have judges that I go play golf with. I don't have police officers that I, um, you know, was at their kid's birthday party. I, you know, I don't have those kinds of connections and relationships. If you had those kinds of connections and relationships and you got into trouble, would you turn down assistance? Well, it's not a point of turning it down. It's just a point of what's fair and what's not fair. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I think everybody should be able to should be treated the same regardless of uh, influence. So Chris says they will protect their own. Fred says we're watching dinosaurs fight. We have no, no idea what's going on. I, I like that one. We, we're watching <laughs> dinosaurs fight. <laughs> and we don't know what's going on. I, so, so the question I, I'm asking about, you know, do would you take uh, assistance is – so, so you are saying that you know these politicians are getting off. They're 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 getting you know um, assistance breaks from judges and things of that nature. And so what I'm saying is, if you got a parking ticket or you got a speeding ticket, and and you knew a lawyer that could get you off that speeding ticket, would you have them get you off that speeding ticket? I would I would pay the price uh, to get off to uh, take care of the ticket. Right. So but you that's the way, that is the customary <clears throat> route that everybody has to go. You you pay the fine or whatever the lawyer's fee, and it's you know. But they if do you what they do. but if you were speeding and you knew you were speeding, mm -hmm. to get off that ticket means that you didn't accept the established judgment for that transgression. 
Well, what's established and what's um, what's accepted, uh, what's the difference? I mean, if if the establishment says this is what you do, but then they turn around and take something else, then that's that's the system that needs to be corrected and changed. Well, okay, so so I'm trying to establish <laughs> that that we take help where we are in society with our, our level of access to help yeah. so that that we all will will try to avoid punishment if we can yeah. it is not often that people are going to say no i am i don't want you to get me off i don't want you to get me free i am going to accept my punishment and so punishment though that is the question i'm sorry what what is punishment well it's it, for, for whatever you've done that so whatever you've done is a transgression mm -hmm. whatever you've done negatively is a transgression um so so as a politician you've taken money you you spent campaign donations mm -hmm. you spent you spent campaign donations to buy uh, you uh, you're running a campaign. Uh, you have a dinner that's coming up. That's, that's a private, that's a personal dinner. Mm -hmm. You are out of state. And the only credit card that you have with you is your credit card for your campaign funds. And you need a shirt. You go buy the shirt because that's what you have. There is uh you could walk around and ask people for donations to buy you a shirt, or you could use your credit card to get the shirt and then reimburse your campaign. But that's illegal. Okay. That's illegal. So you, so you get caught, you get caught. You don't think you should be held to go to jail or, um, you know, whatever, for that shirt. Your friend is a lawyer offers, I will get you out of that. You've done something illegal. You knew it when you did it, it was illegal. Sure. You didn't think, you know, you thought I, I'll just get this shirt. I need it. I'll put the money back. If you take the, if you take the help from the lawyer to get off, you've, try to avoid punishment. And I'm saying that most of us will try to avoid the punishment. So yeah, I don't like that politicians get off, but they're not doing anything that non-politicians wouldn't do. Well, in certain cases, you have the politicians avoiding facing the punishment. And I believe that's what Warren is getting at. So see, just like, just like I'm driving and I blow through a stop sign, me getting a lawyer to defend me in court, that's just part of the legal system. But if I'm a politician, I go make some calls and that, that, that ticket is pulled and it's torn up and the, the case is removed off the docket. That's me using influence 
to get to get something done. I'm not even there to face punishment. Mm-hmm. And when I look at it at the back end, something you said, Dion, for any of us, if we're in a jam, in a pickle, and it face a punishment, we're going to take the help to not have us face punishment. If it's offered to us, we're going to take it. Now, most of us aren't going to have the access of a politician. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Right. We're not going to have that access. But it's just a matter of do you face the punishment at all? Or do you have the access, as you were talking about, to not even have to face the punishment? You did it and you ain't got to worry about it. Okay. You so you ain't got to worry about going to court. So, in the case of the ticket, in the case of the ticket, you knew you were speeding. You knew you were speeding. You you had your lawyer go into court so that you didn't have to face the punishment for what you knew you did was wrong. And you call it a part of the system. But you could have your lawyer go in there just to protect and make sure that you don't get undue punishment so that you don't have to go to jail. But you do get the points on your license. You do pay for court costs. You do pay for all of those things that are associated with it. And you're held accountable for getting caught speeding. Uh-huh. Having a lawyer go to court for you isn't just a part of the process. It is an attempt to avoid punishment. Because you deserved well, points on your license. And that's what, that's what, that's usually when a lawyer is appearing in traffic court for you. That's what it is. It is just like anything else. You're going, you're going before the system, a government action. So the police officer writing you a citation. That's a government action. And yeah, you could you could pay this hefty fine and get points on your license and all of that. Or you go to one of these traffic law courts or one of these law firms, traffic law centers. Or one of these law firms that do that, they have a lawyer appear for you. You don't get the points on your license, but instead of a hundred fifty dollar fine, you have to pay a two hundred fifty dollar fine once they add all the court costs and everything. And so what I'm saying is, is that you are trying to avoid the punishment of your actions which is no different than politicians and police officers trying to avoid the punishment of their actions. So, so it is wrong that um, the system's not in our favor. It is designed against us. Our punishment is far greater than theirs. Um, so I just wanted to say this, and I do have to run. To me, the question is, should politicians be held to a higher standard yes. because of the responsibility that they have yes. and the effect that we have trickling down to the people at the bottom? I don't I don't think it's necessarily argue over a speeding ticket or stuff like that, but when we're talking about people that control the government have a lot to do with what goes on in everyday life. And, you know, as far as making laws, as far as political influence, I think that they need to be held accountable. 
I think everybody has to be held accountable. I think if you if you get off on your speeding ticket, you'll speed again. If politicians aren't held accountable for their actions, they're going to do it again. You're, you're right, but I, I don't I don't minimizing the speeding ticket. Huh? There's a way to monitor that as well. I mean, they let you off once or twice, but if it becomes a habit, you you, you can't keep doing it. So so what I'd like to propose is that everybody take responsibility for their actions because if you're not going to take responsibility for your ticket, then aren't you saying it's okay that a politician doesn't take responsibility for their actions? No, no, because like I said, that's the system that's set in place. And if you want to bring it down to a lower level and everybody pay, pay, be responsible, as you said, I can deal with that too, you know. But I, I think the, the define or the judgment should be appropriate for the level of the offense as well. I think it is. You get points. You, you get points on your license for speeding. You get arrested for embezzlement. Okay. So fair enough. So the the, the crime of uh, a politician embezzling or influence peddling has its has its um, penalties, but also things that you, you and I do on a daily basis has its penalties. Are we more likely to be caught on ours and be trapped into our penalty? Yes. And what you're saying is, and I agree with, is that when those guys get caught with their penalties, we should be, we should expect better from them because we ask more for of them and we give them more. They have politicians ha have the effect, have the ability to set their own pay. They have the ability to, to create for themselves a separate um, retirement account that you and I don't get to participate in. So if you're going to take all of those perks, you better, your nose better be clean. Yep. You don't get to, you don't get to have um, the world be your oyster and you don't have any kind of controls. So you get okay, to guys, do... I, I'm gonna have to run, but uh, right. I, I think that was a good conversation. We'll continue that for sure. Okay. All right. All right. See ya. All right, kid. Yeah. Did, did you want to comment on that? Yeah. I mean, here's the real world. Like you said, politicians have the means to set their own pay, set their own benefits. They have uh, the Cush retirement plans that they get, the Cush insurance plans that they get. Uh, and, and, you know, I'll take Congress for an example. Y'all got all kinds of medical insurance, but yet your head votes to cut out the, Ameri the uh, American health care, the American uh, health care. Affordable health care. Affordable health care act for everybody else. And then you tried to do this during the pandemic where people need health care and need more care and not less. Uh, we had empirical evidence to show that our people have more problems with filing bankruptcy because of illness and paying for health care. Mm -hmm. 
Why are we having that? But we have a group of politicians that refuse to do anything while they sitting there on their butts making all of this money. So with their retirement, their health care, and the salaries. So here's a here's a comment. Should tickets be scalable with income? Do the rich deserve less repercussions for the same crime as poor people? The rich don't deserve less repercussions for the same crime as poor people. But let's just be real about it. We've got two justice systems, one for rich, one for poor, and we haven't gotten into all the other socioeconomic factors. Uh, I don't think you scale tickets with income. I believe, as you told Warren, there's, there's in jurisdictions, if you go three to five miles over the speed limit, that's one price. Six to eight miles over the speed limit, that's another. Nine to 11 miles, that's another. So for every three, four, five miles you go over the speed limit, your fine increases. Then they charge you court costs and they charge you all that. So I don't think it's scalable with income, but it should be, okay, if you went 100 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone. Okay, you're starting to repeat yourself. Is it okay if I stop you now? Go ahead. Okay, Um, here's the argument for scalable. The economic impact of a $50 ticket is going to be different on someone who makes $15,000 versus someone who makes $100,000. The whole idea behind the, the penalty is so that you will not do the offense another time. If the economic, if the economic um, penalty is not the same, so for somebody who's making 15000 it's a struggle to pay they're going to be less likely to offend again. But if someone's making 150000 then that payment isn't going to be, uh, isn't going to cause an economic impact. So they'll continue to do it because it's worth the $15 or the, whatever the penalty is to continue to do the action. So if you have a scalable system, then the economic impact is the same. And the incentive to follow the rules then becomes the same. You, we make the, you make the rules. You follow the same rules. If, as the person that makes fifteen grand a year, and you know this is going to cause a hardship on you, you don't get in your car and drive. 50 miles an hour over the speed limit in that zone. You just don't do it because you can't afford you can't afford the consequences. You can't afford them. So you got to make some adjustments and that's just the reality. Right. And and so if you if you have the if you have the penalty is scalable based on your income then you can have the same economic impact for the same ticket because the economic impact is what you're 
the whole reason for the, the economic penalty is so that there's an economic impact that then influences your behavior. Correct? In theory, the reality is traffic law and traffic ticket, especially for smaller jurisdictions, it's a way to get a bunch of money. That's what it's about. It's I, about I understand that, money. but okay, so that's an, that's the other side of that. That's the other side of that discussion, because you still have to pay the ticket. So whether whether the jurisdiction is just using the ticket to make money, or whether they're doing it because you violated the law, and they're just they don't want your money, but you violated the law. The side of it that I was dealing with is you've committed an infraction. You've committed an infraction and you were caught. The reason you got caught is not the thing that I'm addressing at this point. I'm addressing you've gotten caught, there's a penalty attached, and we're trying to curtail your actions of doing this penalty because for whatever reason society is deemed that this should not be done. And so if I if if the hardship on one person is great, they're less likely to do it again. If the mm -hmm. if the hardship is insignificant, then they're more likely to do it again repeatedly because there's no economic impact which was what you were trying to accomplish with the root, the, the way you implemented it. There's no economic impact that causes that person to stop and go, I am not going to break that law again because I'm not going to pay $1,500 for a ticket. Mm -hmm. Now, the issue then becomes one person is going to say, well, you're charging me $1,500 and you're charging that guy 50 bucks. I want to pay what he's paying. Mm -hmm. and so and so I'm saying we justify it by having the economic impact of the scalable charges so that so that so that the impact is the same. The impact of the ticket, the impact of the infraction then becomes the same. There that's good in theory, but in true is not. I mean, me compared to somebody that makes five million a year, the impact of stuff is just not going to be the same. And to falsely try to do it, like in this case of the ticket, through little jurisdictional statutes, is not going to work. I mean. A $50 ticket for me. Now, you know, I got to look at that. Okay, and what comes with it besides the money? No, I don't want that. So I have to slow down uh, through, certain, through certain things. Like over here on this side of the river, there's certain little towns and places where you got to slow down because they cut you down at 35 miles an hour right after you come out of 50 mile an hour zone so the little jurisdiction can make money and once you from the area you know that 
you know you just gotta slow down. And I got caught with one of these tickets a couple years ago and I just had to pay the extra fee for a lawyer and pay the ticket and pay some court costs. So I didn't get caught, you know, with everything that I could have. Okay. So I'm yeah. gonna so I'm gonna okay. um change the subject real quick. We only got three minutes left. Um okay. and Iowa Iowa's governor signed a new gun legislation that made it easier to buy guns uh, and to own guns, uh, no background checks, um, no requirements for um, gun safety training. Mm-hmm. With the with the statement that now people, it's that we can't stop criminals from having guns, but we've made it easier for the average citizen to own guns. What's your take on that? Well, she's of the political persuasion that we're just not supposed to have any type of legislation on guns. We're not, you, you ought to fight gun legislation at every, at every cost. Now it's got to take her to have a few of these mass killings in her state. Don't go there. Don't go there. I understand. All these people don't that don't want anything. I understand that. And think, and think that the rest that the rest of the people are crying and hollering. Mm-hmm. They haven't had to suffer what's being done. And they want to throw it off with, oh, that's sad on them. But and a part of that legislation she signed was to cut out background checks. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with background Ease checks. Ease background checks, right. It, it, it's just like having voter ID that the Republicans say we need to do to secure elections. And that's what I wanted to, to compare it to. They want, yes. they want tighter restrictions on voting, but they want looser mm-hmm. restrictions on guns. Those, yes. two, those two ideas don't really mesh. If you want, if you, if you want to protect people right to vote, but don't, but, but you think that, uh, uh, putting more guns in the street protects people when, when every, every empirical metric says more guns means more gun death. How do you square those two? Well, it was just like that mass shooting that happened in Boulder. The guy bought the gun three days before he did the shooting. Well, one or two days before that, that that judge in that town say, uh, Boulder City Council, County Council, whatever, had outlawed those type of guns in that area. And there's this judge that says, oh, no, you can't do that because... The guns are legal in the, by state law and federal law. They weren't outlawed. And, and what, within two or three days of his decision, the guy buys a gun, and two or three more days after that, he guns down at people in a grocery store. In a kosher grocery store, as we found out from my guest yesterday, uh, one of the people he killed was a police officer. So you're right, the, the ideas don't mesh. Uh, we are, you know, 
there's a lot about the people that are politically that are politically thinking that way that are their ideas are a dichotomy of each other like matt gates doing everything he's doing assuming everything is true but they for years claim to be the party of family values okay so um on the on the question of the fee for uh the traffic ticket um there Mm -hmm. is fred there is still the 14th amendment equal protection it if it's fifty dollars for him it's fifty dollars for me and i don't think that 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 i disagree with applying that here the economic impact of the fifty dollars is greater on someone who does not make fifty thousand dollars so i'm trying to have the same economic impact on both people so a sliding fee is is well within uh, equal protection because the 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 goal is to stop the infraction and i can't stop the infraction if i'm going to give a nominal fee to someone that makes a lot of money and a burdensome mm-hmm. fee to someone that makes hardly any money yeah. on the background checks all background checks this is from sitter um all these background checks have been proven to work in practice this is just political grandstanding in my honest opinion <laughs> Well, again, like I say, her doing that is just of her political thinking. Uh, She also was one of those governors that got rid of the mask mandates in her state uh, last week or week before last. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's about my politics, not about what's good for the most people. It's about my politics. Alrighty, so uh, I think we are well into a good discussion. You know, maybe maybe we can extend extend it a little bit since since we had thirteen <laughs> minutes of thirteen minutes of of dead airspace, um, and and I'm going to work on that. Um, <laughs> well, since so she was talking about the student, I was looking at this comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you got, I can't read the name, mm-hmm. but he says, as far as he's concerned, he reads the Second Amendment as stated that the people's rights and uh, our right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, I don't know how to read that well, but I do know how to read that. <laughs> yeah, we have a right. So there we have a right. Go ahead. No, so so we can argue the Second Amendment all day. Um, the, the, the constitution is a living document. It is not set in stone. So if there are parts of the document that no longer serve the needs of the people, it is 
within the requirements of the people to def better define that document and make sure that it does what it should do to protect the people. If gun death is the number one cause of death in our society, and it's a huge occurrence, it would be ludicrous to say, well, the document says we can have guns, so we'll just keep having guns. And, and you know, people are going to die, but, you know, we pre we've preserved our document. You know, that 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 whole Second Amendment argument, um, it's just it it because it comes down to semantics. And it's and and for me, it's not about, you know, people. People want to take out the 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 death occurrences because it doesn't suit their discussion and people want to add the deaths um, factor in because it it meets their their need. I think we should have a better discussion around guns in our society. We are the only industrial nation that has as high a gun death as we have. And, and, and there's something we need to do about that. Well, there's two things I want to say here. The Second Amendment was originally put in when we didn't have a standing army. So it was going to be young men, 15 and older, to have a rifle and some bullets so that if anything happened, you reported to your neighborhood commander, you reported to your city commander, or you reported to your state commander and you formed your militia. We didn't have a standing military back then. So that's number one. So the Second Amendment. When men fall, is everybody carry whatever weapon they want and just go in and kill up people. Definitely wasn't meant to do like what happened at Tailhook where a guy went in and shot up a first grade classroom. Number two, the voting amendment said that our right to vote was to be protected. But there are these states that are up here infringing upon certain people's right to vote because they don't want to change from their ideology and they want to guarantee themselves win. So they do things like purge the roles, gerrymander, and uh, criminalize bringing somebody a, a bottle of water who's been standing in line for hours because the people in charge rigged their polling place and closed down other polling places. So you had a bunch of people at the polling place. So, yeah, I... I... So, so, of course, people are going to cherry pick. That's a that's a term that's being thrown around a lot. They're going to pick mm -hmm. things that that are their pet peeves and their pet projects and their pet loves. And the the attempt here is to try to not cherry pick, but if we're going to implement the document, we implement it in full, every page, first to last. Every article, mm -hmm. first to last. And so making sure that all of those articles um, work together in unison to achieve a better or better society, a per more perfect union, is what we should be striving to do. The difficulty is that there are people who realize 
if I allow you to, to make some changes, then I won't be able to do what I want to do. I won't be able to um, have a gun and go out and shoot things. There is, there is absolutely only one reason to have a gun inside city limits. One reason, one reason only, and that's to shoot human beings. So we need to decide if shooting human beings is the only or the, the, uh, the most important reason to have a gun. Well, uh, yeah, that, I mean, I don't disagree with someone having a gun in their home for defensive purposes. And then when we get a person that violates people with handguns, we need to quit slapping them on the wrist, giving them probation and parole, and putting them away. As like Canada and Japan. In Canada, you don't want to be caught with a gun if you're not active military, active duty military, or a police officer. They put you away. I I, I, that. I, I there are there are several models for gun safety. There are several, not just Canada. There's uh, Japan, there's China, there's other nations that have done an, an, an admirable job of controlling gun death. The, the fact that we have such a fervent gun rights um, party or gun rights political thrust in our society is why we have so many gun deaths. The love of guns. We have a society where the love of guns is more important than the love of life. We're going to, I'm going to read uh, some of these comments uh, and then we're okay. going to get out of here. Is that all right with you? Go for it. Um, See, I also remember that. In other countries in the world, in no other country in the world do school children learn how to act when there is an active shooter in the school. This is not normal, and no one should accept nor defend this. So they banned all guns in England and all that happened were knifing deaths went up. Remember, bad people will find a way to commit violence. I agree, bad people will find a way to commit violence, but you have to get a hell of a lot closer with a knife than you do with a gun. And so one of the things that I grew up with is you gotta bring ass to get ass. Um, so if you get close enough to the wrong person, that knife is gonna be the last of your worries. One it says, you can't, oh, yeah. go ahead. I can really say you can't have a knife go into a place and gun down 20 people. You can't. Like you could with a machine gun. Yeah, you can't. I agree. Yes. Yeah, you sound like you're talking about less rights and not more. And that's incorrect. I am not talking about less rights or more rights. I'm talking about clearly defining rights um, that we we intend to implement and follow um, 
uh, and make sure that people are willing to, or people that people are going to adhere to. All righty. Uh, I, I want to thank everybody for your, your comments. You've helped make the discussion. We'll be back next Friday and Saturday. Make sure you join us. Um, you want to say, make a last comment, Leonard? Uh, yeah, uh, guys, we talk about rights. We're in the discussion about rights. With all of your rights come responsibilities. So you don't get the right to just act the way you want to do. You have responsibilities for how you act as well. Have a great evening. Have a great safe weekend. Make sure you get your, your vaccination. Wear your mask. And we love you. That Goodbye. concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.